Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenwood and Milner show on Newcastle Fans TV. I hope you're enjoying every podcast that we're delivering for you in the last few weeks. We've had some fantastic guests and tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this wonderful podcast, um, we've just had the Newcastle United women's captain, Brooke Cochrane, on for the, uh, the Greenwood and Milner show. And Sam, I think similar to Becky Langley, her manager, the actual determination for Newcastle United women's team to succeed is in abundance love it absolutely love their attitude um it was in abundance with becky and how um kind of determined and motivated she is and and brooks got that as well as you'll hear um she's been through hell and back over the past 12 months or so but we're knocking on 18 months with an acl um, but the the grit and determination she's shown to come back and the desire and passion she still has to play is absolutely immense. It is. And you talk about that ACL injury, which you're meant to be out for nine months to nearly a year. You know, her determination, Brooke's determination, she was back running seven months after uh, that terrible, terrible injury. That just shows what she's all about. So Mental. Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, as as you will come to hear, and it, well, once once you hear her speak, um, it would come as no surprises to to how she's done it, and um, you know, proper leader, proper captain, um, yeah, and and the women's team, it just goes to show they're in a good place, and it and like we said when um, we had Becky on, it's an exciting time for them, um, so when this COVID malarkey is over and done with head on down to Druid Park and go and support them because whilst the men have their um, foibles at the moment, the, the women's team definitely don't they are very much a team on the up They very much are and Becky Langley who is Brooks' manager that we've mentioned you know, said in a previous Greenwood and Mulner episode that Brooke is a big miss, she's a great player and a great leader, fantastic in supporting the players off the pitch and on the pitch we missed her greatly and we missed her leadership on the pitch as well and her competitiveness. You know, she is really, really well thought of at Newcastle United. But um, if she can deliver another trophy, obviously she, she mentions uh, the County Cup, the FA Cup, which, you know, the FA Cup obviously will be very, very difficult to do. But the County Cup is certainly um, a realistic target to win that cup. And she said she'll promise though that she'll come back with the County Cup. So hopefully we'll get to do another episode, Sam, with Brooke with the county cup yeah I'm, I'm dying to have a bit of silverware on this show I've tried to get joseph craig on with his olympic gold medals but he conveniently lost them um so yeah it'd be, it'd be great to get brooke back on when she's um got a trophy with her that'd be that'd be fantastic of course and a big thanks to our sponsors bf52 bf52 have been a fantastic partner of the greenwood and Mullen show here on newcastle fans tv for just under a year now and uh, Sam's actually drinking some beer 52 hours work recording this introduction. A, lovely, like? a lovely silky stout, ready for St. Patrick's Day tomorrow as we record this. Of course, and if uh, you like Sam and you like uh, the horses as well, I'm sure it'll be a lovely drink uh, for any uh, racing days. Obviously, we're recording this while Cheltenham's happening. And uh, be even better if I didn't have to look after the kids. But uh, Sam is a... Uh, Work at home, dad, at the minute with uh, his uh, parental duties with uh, Charlie and uh, Lucy. So, uh, 
Best of luck with that, Mr. Milner, for the next few days at least. But going back on to Brook before we finish this introduction, um, she talks about Whitley Bay, which is a place where I know very, very right well. Right up your street. It literally is. It literally is. Oh, if there's anybody from Whitley Bay listening to it, it is a right, right treat talking about this, to say the least. But uh, yeah, her long-term ambitions as a player, as a coach, are certainly not to be missed. So a great podcast to listen to. So... It is the Green Widow Moment Show, and it is with the Newcastle United women's captain, Brooke Cochran. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Green and Moment Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Tonight, we've got a very, very special guest. We have the Newcastle United women's captain, Brooke Cochran. Brooke, welcome to the Thank Green you. Moment Thanks for having us. Brooke, Betty Langley's been singing your praises, by the way. <laughs> She's saying that you're a real leader. Um, someone that a lot of the younger players look up to. Um, Sam, when we spoke to Becky about Brooke, she yeah. couldn't like, sing Brooke's uh, praises high enough, could she? No, she couldn't. Um, that was at the start of the season. Um, well, I say the season. <laughs> After what's just happened over the past 48 hours or so. Um, yeah, considering you've been to hell and back um, with your injury troubles, Brooke. Yeah, Becky was very complimentary, which which we'll we'll come on to a bit later. But just how frustrating is it now that you're you're more or less back, fully fit, ready to play, and now they've gone and cancelled the league? Um, extremely frustrating. However, I think we can't change the decision that's been made, and we just kind of for us, we're in a good position in the sense we've still got the FA Cup and we've still got the County Cup, so it's. Disappointing the decision that's been made, but we've just got to focus on what we can change and trust the process, really. Yeah, I think it's obviously been so frustrating, as you've mentioned, Brooke. And for people that don't know, an ACL injury, 9 to 12 months is normally what people say. Um, there must be some willpower. There must be something driving you, Brooke, to go, do you know what? I'm not going to let this beat me. I'm going to make sure I can get back as soon as physically possible. Um, we'll talk about the beer game changer a little bit later on, the fantastic work you've done so far. Um, but just that mentally, how tough is it to get the news at an ACL to start with? Um, to be to be honest, I, I, I knew it was my ACL. Um, I've done it at university. I've done my dissertation all about ACLs. Um, so as soon as I did it and I was on the floor and I was screaming, I knew that's what I'd done. I, I knew it was my ACL when I got to the hospital. Um, they took me in for an x-ray and I was in that much pain. I was like, I don't need an x-ray. I, I know what I've done. I, I know it's this. This is what I've done. Um, and I still, I done it on the 17th of November. Um, I didn't have my MRI scan until the 11th of December. I got my results on the 17th. Um, and they, they said it was just partially torn and partial tear can rebuild itself, basically. Um but I knew, like, in my head and in the way I was feeling, like, I, I couldn't run still, although, like, I was walking again. I didn't drive for, like, over, well over a month ago. I couldn't go to work or anything. Um, and then I seen my surgeon in the January, um, and I said to him, like, it's, it's just still not right. And he, he, he just went me, what, what do you want out of it? What what do you want? I went, well, I want to run. I want, I want to play football again. Um, and he was really, really good, to be fair. He went, like, well, we'll go in and we'll have a look. And he literally just turned his computer screen and said, when can you do? And, like, his calendar was there, which was amazing, like, because I kind of got a bit of a shock. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going to have to wait a lot, a lot, like, a lot longer. I know I'd wait since November. Um, but, yeah, and then even on the day of it, 
the day of my operation, which I've, I've spoken to people about before, he came in and I was it was eight o'clock my, my operation. He came in and he went, Well, you know, we're, we're gonna go in, but we might not do it. It might not be that. We'll just remove the cartilage because I had cartilage floating around in my knee. He went, But if I think the ligament's fine, we'll just leave it. And I was like, Absolutely not. If you're going in, you're doing the whole thing, like <laughs> get it done because I'm not coming back. Um, but then, yeah, when I, I came out of recovery, he came to see me. Um, and he said that basically my, my ligament had completely torn and it had fused onto the other ligament in my knee and started rebuilding its own, which is what it's meant to do with its actual ligament, not the one beside it. Um, so, yeah, I tear that again and rebuild a new one for us. But um, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow. I can imagine. Um, so post-operation, what does the rehab entail then? Because you often hear stories of footballers with nasty injuries like that well horrendous injuries um nasty sounds a bit flippant um like horrendous <laughs> injuries like that that you know they're first in last out but and it's quite a lonely a lonely place to be um what does the the kind of rehab entail um so the, the biggest thing is learning to walk again so i know all you want to do is play football like all i want to do is play football and live my normal life but the biggest thing is i couldn't walk so having to learn to walk again, is it was like being a child, like being a baby all over again, like learning those first steps. I, I couldn't walk up and down the stairs. I was going down the stairs on my bum and I was crawling up the stairs. Like it's the the biggest thing is that, yeah. Like, and just being able to do normal things. Um, like I was having to be lifted in and out of a bath because I couldn't get to the bath myself. I couldn't get out of bed by myself. Um, so the first two weeks are probably the hardest two weeks of your life that you, you, you never, you underestimate it. Like when I went in for my operation, I didn't think, oh, I'll be fine in a few weeks. Like I'll be completely fine. But absolutely not. Like two months later, I was still struggling to walk and straightening my leg. Um, like I was on crutches. But it's, it's a frustration because in your head, you, your head knows what you want it to do, but your body just won't allow it. Um, and I think obviously my overarching goal was to be back and to play football and be in the best position I could be in. But I had to kind of break it down and breaking that down into smaller steps is what I really struggled with the most of, well, hold on, Brooke, you just need to take it day by day. Like you need to walk before you can run. And it's a brutal process. I really, really brutal process. And it's something I would never, ever wish upon anyone. Um, and I'm, I'm still not through it. Do you know what I mean? Like I still have to do things on my knee now. I still have to rehab it. Whenever I run, I still ice my knee. I still do stretches on my legs constantly because that's always going to be there. Um, yes, I have a new ligament, but my ligament came from my hamstring. So now I struggle with my hamstring because my right hamstring is shorter than my left hamstring. So I have to stretch it constantly. Like it's just a complete process of different things. My quad pulled away from my knee because it's kind of a, a shock of like, oh, what's happened here? So I've had to rebuild my quad again. And now my hips hurt. Like <laughs> might just be an age thing. But I feel like it's a brutal process and it's something I'm going to have to do for the rest of my life. Um, even when the day comes that I don't play football anymore, I'm, I'm still going to have to take care of myself. See, this is the difference between you, Brooke, and the likes of me and Johnny, because hearing <laughs> all them injury problems, I know I would have just gone, man. <laughs> There's a determination, Sam. There's a determination, especially yeah. with professional athletes. You you want to get back to your physical best, and you'll do anything to get there. And when we, I was looking back at the uh, Becky's interview earlier today, she mentioned that there was a cost as well. Like you you're using your own money 
Brooke to yes. basically make sure that you could get back playing for Newcastle United. Now, you know, we can talk about, you know, professional men's clubs that's just there on a plate for them. They can have that, you know, surgery and that rehab themselves, but you actually forked your own money to make sure that you could get out playing. That, that, that's, that's really, really, I mean, it really means a lot to you, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when I think back before I done my knee, I thought I would like I see myself that like I was in the best position I've ever been in, like physically and mentally. Um, I was absolutely flying. I was training constantly, and when something like this happens, it's really hard to see what you used to be to where you are now. Um, so when I happened, my thought process was, I'm I'm going to be that person again. If not, I'm going to be better. Um, and I think as well, like. Yes, I was paying for it myself and I would never, ever change that because it leaves me accountable for what I've done. And although I've had support and help along the way, like I know that a lot of it, I've I've pushed myself. And it's a lonely process, like you said before. At times, you're the only person that's going to push yourself. So no matter, even now when I run and stuff like that, like everything about you, like everything in my head, everything in my body is telling us to stop. But there's something in my heart that's telling us to keep going. And that that over wins everything it overtakes everything and you get like a rush of blood in you that that keeps pushing you and there had been times where I've been like do you know what it is I don't want to do this anymore like why am I putting myself through this like I've been in really dark corners I've threw my toys out the pram um <laughs> like and I've, I've probably been a bit brutal and nasty to the closest people around us because I've just been so frustrated and never never had to deal with something like this before and because I feel like I'm doing everything I can and I just felt like I was never ever getting anywhere um until the day I got to put, got to put my boots back on and go and train on a field and I was like oh actually What's that feeling like? um unbelievable in the sense of like when I I started I, I was able to run four months four months after my operation um which was a great thing um but when the girls started training for pre-season, I think they started in the middle of June, maybe July. I can't, I can't quite remember. And we had like an, an injury club. Um, so the girls would train on one side of the pitch and I'll be on the other side of the pitch. But we would train for an hour before the girls came. Um, and just like feeling like I was part of something again was a massive thing for us. Like putting my training kit on, putting my boots on. Like It's like being a little kid, like a little kid on Christmas Day. Like, oh my God, I'm... I'm going to kick a ball. I don't just need to run anymore. Like, I'm eventually going to have a ball at my feet. And it was weird in the sense I always thought, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to panic. I'm, it's going to be in my head. It's going to be in the back of my mind. But even when I've played games since, like, in December, it lasts for about a few minutes when I'm waiting for that whistle to be blown and then it, it just completely goes. Like, it's like, I don't know, something just completely takes over is... And I'm just there. I'm playing football. And I'm doing something I love, and I've worked hard to get here. Yeah, it's brilliant to hear, isn't it, Sam? Oh yeah. I mean, it's not surprising that you've had difficult moments. Like I said before, I, I myself, I'd have just gone, "Yeah, forget this. I'll um, I'll sit on the sofa for six months and let it heal itself, do whatever racing." But um, that's surely now where the big game changer campaign has kind of come into its own for for you, Brooke, and. Just how big a deal of it is it for you to kind of help the the Newcastle United Foundation in in this fantastic campaign? Yeah, it's massive. Um, I, like I really appreciate it. Like I feel really privileged to be part of it. Um, when Ashley approached us um, to ask us about the, to be an ambassador, um, I, it was quite a shock, but something 
I like I, I would never ever have said no to I think she hadn't even finished getting the, the question out and I'd said yes of course like definitely what can I do when can I support um and not even just in the sense of like yes I've struggled and I've got my struggles and stuff like that but it's just the thought of helping other people um and like a big lesson that I've learned is you're not on your own um and although like I said it was a very lonely place and I've had lonely times you're never on your own there's always someone else there and you've always got support and I think if I could be that person for anybody it, even if it's just one person that's a big thing for me because you never know whose life you could change even just by the, the fine fact of saying hello to someone or smiling at someone like it, it can go a long way um, and I think the foundation have got like the campaign that they're running is absolutely amazing like mental health affects one in four people um, so the three of us yeah if there was another one like it's just crazy to think about numbers wise if you think about it um and they're just really strong like I, I, and i love their ambition and i love their love for it um and it's something that's really close to my heart uh, it's something that i would never ever have said not, no to and it's something that i'll carry with us forever because i'm i'm proud to be that person and proud to support them and be an ambassador for them it's fantastic because we, newcastle fans tv are huge admirers of the be a game changer um, campaign and we've Oh, had talks with Steve and uh, Steve Harrell, who has been absolutely brilliant for the foundation as well. And we can't speak highly enough of him as well. But Brooke to be the first female amb ambassador as well, that must be some privilege. And you look at the likes of uh, Sean and Matty Longstaff as well. Matty's just been announced today. He's a, uh, an ambassador as well. It's great to see all these Northeast homegrown players becoming ambassadors for a fantastic campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like, it's something about the northeast though isn't it like homegrown people are like we've just got something that i feel like other people just don't have um and whether it's like hard work great determination or just passion like i don't i don't it doesn't matter what you do in the northeast like it doesn't matter if you like football or whatever you like you've got passion and there's so much passion in it um and i think all of these ambassadors like they have that passion and they wouldn't do it if it wasn't something that they, they didn't love um and i think it shows in their face like when they're doing something you know that they're passionate about it like i feel like everything i do like i'm really passionate about because it's something that i love and you would know it's something i don't want to do because you'd be able to tell by my face straight away um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I, it's, it's an amazing it's amazing yeah um and it it's good that matty's doing it alongside john as well fantastic um I think we're going to go right back to the beginning now, Brooke, because I've seen that you're uh, Blythe Town at 10 years old. Was that when you first fell in love with football or was it younger than that? Why football? Um, I don't know. You should ask my dad. Um, <laughs> I think, <laughs> why football? I, I used to play football with the boys in school um, and like kick about. Like I was always on the top field playing with the boys. Um, and I, I don't know. I think my dad always wanted like... He'll openly say that he always wanted a boy and got three girls. Um, <laughs> so I think he, he kind of had to do something about it. Um, and all three of us have played football. Um, but yeah, when I was 11, he seen it in like a newspaper and he just took us along. And I remember my first training session like it was yesterday. Um, and I, I don't know, like although I'd always played it, being part of a team was just an amazing thing. Like, and it was like my own thing. None of my friends did it at school. And it was like, having that extra thing like oh i'm going to football and i am doing this i'm doing that like i don't know i just absolutely love it and fell, fell in love with it straight away and i think probably at times with like school friends and stuff like that it's quite easy to be swayed and to go down different 
paths and stuff like that. But I think my dad really pushes in the right direction of if you're playing football, you're kind of not in trouble. And I don't really have to worry <laughs> about where you are or what you're doing because you're playing football. And he loved it just as much as me. Like he he didn't miss games. He came to like training sessions. Um, and I, even now at the age of 28, like my dad still comes to watch us play football and he absolutely loves it. And unless he's at work but when I was younger he didn't miss a game he was always there so yeah I think I did love it but my dad kind of pushed the love more into his for it so where where did the the move to to Newcastle women come from was it the the link with the university or was it just uh, an opportunity arise from elsewhere so when I was younger back in the day um so I went through grassroots football until I was 14 and there was a we had like a player development centre and I used to go and train with that once a week with Newcastle and then Centre of Excellences came about so we don't have Centre of Excellence anymore it's like an RTC at Sunderland and Newcastle have a PDC um, and the team kind of split so half went in trials for Newcastle and half in trials for Sunderland um, and then our under 16s Blythe team folded from that because it was you can't play for a centre of excellence as well play as a grassroots team um so I was in the centre of excellence from under 14s under 16s at Newcastle um and then I went into the reserves team traveled to Wales I think it was and played for the women's first team at the age of like 16 17 in a tournament felt like loved it absolutely thought it was brilliant um and then I got to 18 went to college um and kind of fell out with football a little bit um not really sure why but I don't know, it, it kind of didn't have the biggest hold, like, hold of my heart anymore. Um, so I, I took a step away from Newcastle and I went and played for Whitley Bay for five years and fell in love with football all over again. Um, and then halfway through my last season at Whitley Bay, I got asked to come back to Newcastle. But I wouldn't ever leave a team during a season. Like, I've, If I'm with them, I'm with them for, for it all. Um, and then, yeah, went and trialled back at Newcastle when I was 23, I think it was. Um signed for them and then halfway through that season I uh, got asked to be captain for them again so it's kind of went all the way around really I just love the fact that Whitney Bay's made you love football it's, a lovely <laughs> it's only about 10 minutes down the road from me so uh, that's where I live now as well Whitney Bay. oh is it well, there yeah. you go there you go but um yeah Whitney Bay's oh, we were there for about five years weren't you all in all yeah. before you went back to Newcastle and that's for me to go back backwards in the sense of your career, but to think that Newcastle is probably one of the highest points you can get to. So maybe you want to take one step back to get the enjoyment. Just shows, you know, that it can always be fun. It doesn't have to yeah, be always very, very serious. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, I was playing at the highest level I've ever, I'd ever played at and obviously took my step back and I just needed to find that love for it again. Like, I was still quite young. I was still 18 and it, it's weird because I went... I went to that team, I went to Whitley Bay and I was the youngest player there and I was playing with women that are my age now, so like 28, 30 and it was a really daunting situation but being around those players and the, the experience those players had because they'd played for Newcastle, they'd played for Sunderland, like they'd played for England, it was an amazing opportunity for us so although I was kind of dropping down a league, I was playing with some of the most experienced players I'd probably ever play with and they taught me so many different things. Like they pushed us, like they got the best out of us. But they also made us enjoy football because of the fact that like it wasn't as serious as Newcastle and wasn't that level. We could have a laugh and they made us fall in love with it and realise, you know what it is? Like I can go to a different level, I can play better, I can play higher, but I can still enjoy it at the same time. 
So how does this current crop of uh, your teammates compare to when you first joined or re-signed back with Newcastle? And Because I remember when we spoke to Becky earlier on, uh, well, it would be last year now, she wanted everything for this season. She wanted promotion. She wanted a cup run. She wanted it all and and quickly. But so, <laughs> what, what's 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 the obviously before everything got stopped? What's the mood like in the camp? How how does this current crop of players can they achieve what Becky wants to achieve? You can achieve anything that you want to achieve. There's the only person that stops you is you. And I think. With the mindset that our players have and our team has, our coaching staff, um, although the league is null and void, that doesn't change our expectations. That doesn't change where we want to be. We've still got two massive cup runs. We've still got a county cup that we can win. We've still got an FA Cup that we can go and fly in. Do you know what I mean? Like The FA Cup, is it's a dream. Anything can happen in the FA Cup and no one can tell you that it's not going to happen. Like When we step on that pitch to play against Brick, we're going there to beat them. That's the expectation, just like if we were playing in the league. Um, so although the league, if winning the league and getting promotion is pushed back, it's still an expectation and it's still a target that we're going to get. Maybe it didn't happen this season, but it'll happen next season and we'll keep pushing for that. What's your relationship like with the manager, with Becky? Is it a very close relation because of you being captain as well and the fact that you probably both want the same goals. Do you speak regularly? Do you just do your own thing before a game? What's the relationship like? Um, yeah, I get on with Becky quite well. Um, we have got a close relationship. I think she has a good relationship with all the girls. Um, she speaks to, I, I want to say she probably speaks to every single one of them individually every single week, especially at the minute. Um, she speaks to us as a team every single Monday. Like every Monday there's an action plan by nine o'clock that is sent out of these are the objections of the week like doesn't matter whether we're in COVID or not this is what's happening this is what's expected this is what you need to go and do um every Thursday we have like a team like hit session so we all see the girls still every week um so yeah like she she she's very honest in where she wants to be and what she wants us to do um and I think that's a good thing to have like it's a good trade of this is the pathway you either on it or you're not on it and if you're not on it I don't care get off it I don't be, you're not you're not welcome um and I think that's probably like a good thing in the sense of the team that is in a place now of we're all pushing and pulling in the same direction and it's probably been a while before, a while since the whole team's been pushing and pulling in that direction and it's probably it's from the fact of where like, what Becky's aspirations are and her togetherness of pulling us all together as a team Interesting questions just coming in in the comments from Mickey Townsend. Um, would you like to play at St. James's Park more often? I'm guessing that would come with sort of a greater deal of success and a bit of a cup run, I would have thought, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's a dream, isn't it? Um, who wouldn't want to play at St. James's Park? <laughs> like, it's a dream for anyone. Um, but, yeah, I would we would love, like, the whole team would love to play at St. James's Park. Absolutely. I mean... I think it might be a bit daunting in front of 52,000 people, but I'd give it a whirl. <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, we, we, we've been talking about this as a channel. Do you think it would be an idea? I don't, like, I, I don't know if any of the girls have spoken about it, but maybe after Newcastle, let's like say COVID's gone and everybody can sit inside the stadium, for example, and say next season, maybe after a first-team game, you know, the women's team can play after and it kind of gets more fancy. Look, you know what? I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch the lasses and see how they get on. Yeah, definitely. I think that 
I think it's been spoken about before. It's just never actually happened. Um, but we're definitely going in the right direction of that happening for sure. Um, and I think it would be amazing. I think people will probably get quite a shock as well. Um, I think like the crowds that we get now are amazing. Like this this last season when we've been able to play, like the amount of fans that we're pulling in now is the most that we've ever had, and especially of the younger generation. And if you think of how many young kids go and watch the men play, like even them, like they'll want their parents to stop and play because all kids love all kids that are going to St James's Park to watch football just love football, and will want to be there. Um, so I think yeah, it will be an amazing opportunity, and I think people will get a shocker if they got to see something like that. And I think the they'd enjoy it as well because it's not like we're a very competitive team um, and I think the amount of heart that we have were really shown. Sure. I think they would, they'd enjoy seeing a team like pulling a shirt on and running through a brick wall for, wall for each other. So it sounds like there's no excuses then despite not playing a, a competitive game for ages. <laughs> when, when this FA Cup game comes round and County Cup game comes round, you're all going to be ready. No excuses. Absolutely. Of course we're going to be ready. Um, we should be ready. We've had enough time to plan for it. Um, <laughs> we should be fit, that's for sure, the amount of running we've had to do. Um, and if we if we were not ready, if there isn't a person that's not ready, like they'll be they'll be held up for it, you know what I mean? They'll be pulled up upon it um, because the, no one's got any excuse not to be ready. And if anything, that, that the first game that we've got on the 4th of April, the FA Cup game, it's like that Christmas Day moment again, isn't it? It's your first game. Technically, it's like the first game of the season all over again. Like, you're putting your stamp on it. You've not played in so long. Go and play with your heart on your sleeve. And you do absolutely everything and anything you can to win that game. Uh, Brooke, were you surprised that you were uh, offered to be captain very early after coming back to Newcastle? Because uh, I think you're right in saying it was just half a season you were asked if you'd like to be captain. Um, have you always had leadership qualities as a, as a child growing up or... Just when you're obviously with um, obviously with Whitney Bay, you obviously probably with more experienced professionals. Has that leadership always been in you? Um, I think so. Yeah, like even from a younger age at school, like being captain of my team and like house captain, sports captain, and stuff like that. But I think it probably comes from my family as well. Um, I feel like my family's full of leaders, um, not scared to speak the mind, um, very opinionated, and they love to speak. And I think. Having three sisters, well, two sisters, sorry. So, like, having two sisters, you need to find your voice because if you haven't got a voice, you're not really getting anywhere. Um, so, I, I think that's probably brought it out it is. And being at Whitney Bay made us more of a leader because I kind of just sat back and listened and I watched the people around us and I learned from them so much. And when, when they left, I then all of a sudden became one of the oldest players at Whitney Bay, like, in my fourth season, I became vice-captain and my best friend was the captain. And even though she was the captain, the huddles, team talks all came from me like I spoke and on the pitch I was the loudest voice and I think being a defender you see everything everyone's in front of you apart from the goalkeeper and I think if you haven't got a defense that's going to speak to you and tell you what you're going to what you need to be doing and where you should be and pulling you together as a team um like it's it's a missing opportunity isn't it like being a defender it's a big thing to be it's to be a leader you don't want a quiet defender like if I'm jumping up for a header, like I'm probably going to stay by the fact I'm shouting my name louder than you are. Where you're going to be like, oh, hold on, right? Like I might not get there before you, but I'm going to scare <laughs> you to make sure that you know I'm there. Um, so I think yeah, like I've always had leadership qualities, but I like to think I have um, in everything that I do. And I've delivered. Like I used to teach PE to primary school children. I think it's a confidence thing, isn't it? I think if you're confident in yourself, that brings a leadership quality out in you. Yeah, 
Do you have people that you kind of look to or take inspiration from? For example, like your, your counterpart, Jamal LaSalle's, do you take into how he goes about himself or do you have like other people that you look up to for being a captain? Um, I think if I was to look at anyone, it's, I, I grew up playing with um, like Lucy Bronze. And I think if I look at her, like, she's a big thing for me. Like, we're the same. Well, she's a year older than me. But to me, she's still, she's like a role model, like someone that I look up to. Um, I love the way she handles herself. Um, she always aspires to be the best she can be. And there, there was a there was a video where her, she captained a team and Steph Horton captained a team. And they wore, they wore microphones. Um, and if you watch it and you listen to it, like, it's it's phenomenal. And listening to that, like, I shared it to everyone. Like, I put it everywhere because, like, that's who I aspire to be. Like, that's what I would want to be. And I think she, it was, like, a friendly, and she was like, this is not a friendly. We go out to win. This is what we do. This is why we're doing it. Yeah, there are teammates, but you're pulling on a shirt because you want to be playing. So before every game, like, it's you've got the shirt. You're in the starting 11. Make sure you're in the starting 11 the next week. Yeah, it's, your teammates are on the bench. But right now, like, it's a game. To fight, you want to be playing. So I I'd say, was, probably, oh, sorry, yeah, if anything, sorry, sorry. Uh, if anything, probably like Lucy Bronze is probably my person that I look up to the more. It just comes back to standards, though. It comes from the top. Now you're looking at the, the top of your in your game. You look at like Lucy Bronze and Steph Houghton. If they're setting those standards, you're setting those standards. It just means the next generation are going to set those standards. It all works together. And like I say, it, 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 you look at it now, Newcastle are in the fourth tier. If they keep on doing stuff like this in future years, you might see Newcastle in the WSL, for example. And that would be fantastic because this city, this region needs a northeast team in that Premier Division. And I think it's it is missing something. And Newcastle have to be the first one. They just have to be. It doesn't matter. I don't care if some of them fans are listening. Newcastle have to be the first one. Am I right, bro? Absolutely. I completely agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, and there's no reason why they can't be like the foundations are set that they're there. Like we've got strong foundations. We've got a plan. Like everyone's pulling in the right direction. Some like Sunderland are only a league above us. There's nothing to say next season we won't be back in that league. Do you know what I mean? Like we can win that. We could win this league and be there. We've played them in pre-season. We beat them in pre-season. It's not that we like they're any better than us. Like yeah, they're in a better league than us, but we're a strong team. Do you know what I mean? Like and I think if anything, the heart that we we'll have take past that. Like. And being in that league, would, I, I think, would really hold our own. And I don't see why there's not, there's no reason for why, in a few years' time, we can't be in that position to be in the WSL. And I think if there's anyone that plays for us now, or any coaching staff, if that wasn't their overarching goal, like I'd be asking them why. And I'd say, well, what are you here for? Because here I might be 28, but and I might not be playing them when that was to, that might happen. But Right now, absolutely. Like I'm going to play until I can pl- don't have until I can't play anymore until my body says stop. But right now, absolutely, that's where I want to be, and everyone else should want to be there too. Yeah, I just I, that makes me think back to when we had Carly Telford on the show, and um, she said she's like, despite what she's achieved in her fantastic career, there's a little bit of her that's a bit gutted that she hasn't really had the chance to play for 
you know, a proper Newcastle United. Obviously. <laughs> exactly. So, but there's some amazing talent in the northeast, and surely it is like you said, it's just a matter of time. And you are part of the team that's just setting them foundations up. Absolutely, yeah, and it, it's like that's something proud of, proud of as well. Like anyone in the team, like where we are right now, like everyone should be proud of where they are and where they've got this team to be. Like, I mean, if you look back five years ago, I would never ever have expected Newcastle to be where they are now. Like we've grown so much and the foundations that we've built along the way, it's been a hard, long, tough battle, but we're getting there. Do you know what I mean? Like the last light at the end of the tunnel, we've just got to keep pushing to be there. Um, and I think every time you pull on the shirt, that's another foundation that's been laid. Like, I, like this is like, I've got a, there's a young like fan that comes to watch us play um, and she lives away. She's signed a professional contract with Manchester United um, and she's got a Newcastle shirt with my name on the back and my number. And that's like, for me, like it's unbelievable. Like I didn't think there would be a better feeling than stepping across the white line until I saw that. Like never in my life did I ever think someone would have my name on the back of their shirt. And like that's a foundation that's been laid. Like she signed a, a professional contract with Manchester United, but she wants to play for Newcastle United. So if you can, if you can inspire them, like the, the lower, lower generation to want to be in that place, like just imagine where it's going to be in say five years' time. I just hope Becky's got a big enough budget for that transfer. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. She's my top fan. I'll, I'll get her along. <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, I was just going to talk about the relationship with the supporters and. That's a, that's a lovely, lovely story that you just mentioned there. But um, just reading a quick couple of little things, like just even in the last 12 months, when since obviously haven't been involved as much because of the injury, you're taking temperatures of fans coming through the gates, making sure they're paying because everything comes back to to the to the team. Um, what has it been? What's it been like with the fans? And do you feel like you're growing a rapport with all the supporters that are coming through the gates? And do you think it'll just go from strength to strength? And is it is it also key that you've mentioned the younger supporters? If you get more young supporters, then they're going to take their kids when they're older. And it just, again, it's like a bit of a, a domino effect. Yeah, I think, um, although I would never want to be injured again and stood on the gate again, but like, <laughs> I think it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's a laugh. Like, it's nice to see people and have a bit of a conversation with them. And I think it's that personal touch, isn't it? Like, yeah, they see you run around on a pitch, but to have a conversation with someone's completely different because you don't know what they're like just from playing on the pitch. You don't know how they sound. You don't know what kind of conversation they're going to have. And I think it's the, like that extra personal touch that you have to have players. So like, I'm not the only player that's done it. There's a few players been on the, on the gate with us and we just have a laugh and speak to people. And I think then from that, it makes them know that they could actually just come up to you and have a conversation and be like, oh, hi, are you all right? How are you doing? And like people will wait by the gate to, to ha ask how you are, like, how was your injury? Like, oh, what did you think about the result of the week? Like, what did you think of so-and-so's performance? And then you've got children that come in as well and say, oh, like I'm a big, I've got a big thing of if there's kids there and come up to you and support you, or like the parents have like found the time to approach you and be like, oh, my daughter really wants to speak to you. Like I'll have a kick about with them on the pitch whilst the girls are warming up. And I think that's a big thing, like, because to, to, to them, like, you're you're a celebrity like I'm not a celebrity and I'm just Brooke Cochran from Blythe do you know what I mean but in their eyes like it's like oh my god I'm kicking a ball with a Newcastle United player and to see their eyes light up is like it's an amazing amazing feeling and I think if the children are loving it even if the parents don't really want to be there they're gonna come and they're gonna get their friends to come and it's just gonna build and build and build and 
it, well, you know ourselves, like if you look at the fans that we've got now to two seasons ago, like I think like the last game that we had, we had nearly like 200 people there, which is an amazing achievement. Um, and I know like we've got people that will come and like give us sweets and bring us oranges <laughs> and cakes and they're like, hi, like, we've got a present for you. Like Christmas cards, I got given Christmas cards of fans. Like it's just crazy. Like, but it's it it, it is amazing. Like, and it's nice. I think it's just nice to to speak to people and have a conversation, isn't it? It is. It, it's it's that personal touch, isn't it? I mean, I might try and run on St James's Park, have a little bit of a kick around. <laughs> I don't I don't think I'd, I'd get the the same results somehow. I might be a uh, maybe not. But um, what are your kind of obviously when you're injured and. Touch wood, you ne- you're never injured again. Um, but you obviously have a lot of time to think whilst you're injured and and not playing. Too much uh, time. I, I can imagine. <laughs> but what are your own sort of personal goals for like the remainder of your footballing career now? Is or do you want to go into coaching, management that that line, or is there plenty still left in the tank on the pitch? Um, I think. Looking at, I, I coach anyway. I coach two uh, younger girls teams. Um, and when I was injured and I couldn't play and I was coaching, they kind of brought life back into us again. Um, so like they brought what I was missing on from being on the pitch, and I was on the sideline kicking the ball for them. <laughs> like, um, but I think someone said it is. Um, well, actually, our general manager said it was said to me like the other day, you should never stop playing until your body says no. And I think that's a big thing. Um, but for me, it's to play at the highest level I, I can play at. Um, and I always believed before I got injured, I, I didn't think I'd ever be able to play at a lower level again. Um, and then obviously we signed a partnership with West Lockland and I've got I, I've got a lot to thank West Lockland for, for getting us to allow us to play, to get minutes in us. And I, they were a lovely club, they were a lovely team. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. And it kind of like took us back to being back at Whitley Bay because that was the kind of feeling I had. Like, and it was like bringing us back to thinking, oh, I'm going to go back to Newcastle. Um, but for me, it's just playing for as long as I can, playing for as long as I enjoy it. And when I can't play anymore, um, making some children play because I can't play. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I probably would like I coach anyway. So it, it, I don't know. It's probably just seeing where that takes us really. But definitely just play for as long as I can play. It's actually just reminded me, I remember a previous member who was on the channel, Paul, his daughter absolutely loved um, going around to the, going to watch the girls play and uh, he he spoke about the whole experience and he made such a fuss of of his daughter and the fact that she was there, she was like, oh my God, I'm getting the VIP treatment and it was such a nice story and it just shows, uh, you know, what football can do and and especially to obviously like the young the young young fans as well. It is brilliant, but but um you talk about obviously your playing ambition and your coaching ambition. When you look at everything, what's the most the proudest moment of your career so far at the minute? Um I've I done it like a question answering with some kids a few weeks ago and they asked us and it's, it's proudest oh, thing thanks. for me. So that's our level of questioning. I know. <laughs> No, I think it's a really good, it's a good question. It's quite a deep question. Um, for a ten-year-old. For a ten-year-old, I know. Let me put my foot in it, haven't I? Um, no, I, probably just pulling on a Newcastle shirt and being a captain. Like, I don't think there's a better, a better feeling to walking out and having the captain's armband on, having a mask up beside you, looking up to you and walking out and seeing everyone cheering. Like, I don't think there's a better, a better feeling and there's definitely not a better feeling for me. Um, 
and that's something that hopefully I'll get to do again every Sunday. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's that. That's my proudest proudest moment is putting on a Newcastle shirt and having the armband. Not bad as it's um, wearing the Newcastle shirt with the armband on. Probably playing playing at St James a few times, representing Newcastle. It's it's what dreams are made of, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought about that. <laughs> um, as a as an overweight father of two at thirty one, I doubt it's going to happen for me now. But um, yeah, it, it it it's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, when we've all got jabs in our arm and all of this uh, social distancing's out of the way, I can't wait to come up and see a game. Cause I'm stuck in the Midlands, aren't I? So I said to Becky, I'd come up and watch a game, and that was eight months ago or six months ago, whenever she was on the channel. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to come up because um, it's a team going places and it, it's an exciting time for the team, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's so many things to look forward to, um, even with COVID around. Like, obviously, we've still got the FA Cup, we've still got the County Cup, we've got the league next season. There's so many things that are in place and so many things, like, we can still aspire to get to. Um, and the only way is up, do you know what I mean? Like, with the foundation and the support that we've got and the fans that we've got and the places we get to train, like the kit that we get given, it's just it just gets better and better every season. Like I've been back at the club five years now and I've, I've never been like, oh, it was better last season. Like it just gets better and better and better. Like we have like performance analysis, strength and conditioning. We've got like our physio, we've got everything. We've got the, all of the wraparound care. Um, so there's no reason why we can't be pushing to where we want to be. It just shows the professionalism of the, uh, where the, the women's clubs, uh, the women's uh, teams going actually now. Because you know, ten years ago, th this just wouldn't have happened. It just really wouldn't have happened. And now it's just coming leaps and bounds. And where do you think it will actually go in the next, say, five to ten years? The whole women's game, Newcastle. You know, what, what do you think um, will happen in the next five to ten years, Brooke? It's just going to be massive, isn't it? Like it'll like. Should be, but it probably like it'll probably never reach to the level of what men's football is. But for women's football, like looking at it now, it's already so much bigger. Like it's on TV, it's on the normal channels, you get it on Sky, it's on BT, like it's showcased everywhere. Um and it's just so much it's so popular, like and in five to ten years' time. I don't know, like there's like no like it's just like a tunnel that's open, isn't it? Like, there's no, like, what what will it be? Where will it be? Like, you just don't know. Because if you had asked me five years ago, where will Newcastle be now? I would have guessed we would have been here. So in five years' time, like, we could be absolutely anywhere. Like, the world's where I start at the end of the day. Like, if you've got the players and you've got the staff that are going to put the hard work in, there's there's no limit. Like, you set your own limit. If we get five years' time, I, I want a cup run now. I want to <laughs> To, to, to get a proper, proper FA Cup run would be amazing, wouldn't it? To, to yeah. you know, even get a televised game, you know. I mean, there's obviously a game to win first, and the professional answer is, you know, Brighouse is a very good team. But it, it would be great to win a few more games and, and get a proper good tie, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, like, Brighouse are a very good team, a tough team. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, in our league... Um, and we've already played them once this season. Um, but yeah, absolutely, like, beat Brighouse and get into the next round. And I think the FA Cup's running on the 4th, the 11th and the 18th. So I think the next three rounds, like, are in April straight away. But I want a big cup run. I've not played football for Newcastle for such a long time. I'm not going just to play one game for them. And that'd be it. Like, I'm going. And if I, if I don't win, I'm not leaving the pitch until we have one. Like, I, I want... A, we, we, there's no reason why we can't get a cup run. Um 
we've still got the county cup as well so i know it's like a smaller cup but it's a cup that we're going to lift and it's a cup that we're going to bring home because i lifted it two years ago and i'm going to lift it this year as well well you've got to beat walls end to start with on the 18 which uh, yeah, will be a fascinating game and if again if there were if fans are allowed in which i'm, I'm expecting there will be um, i thoroughly recommend to get along and support the girls because again Brooke says she's going to pick that trophy up, so you've got to see her at the first no step. Pressure. No pressure. yeah, exactly. And obviously, um, a big FA Cup game on the fourth and potentially Huddersfield away, which we've seen the uh, league above as well. So it's all going to be very, very fascinating to see how the girls get on. But Brooke, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on and talk about all things Newcastle United women's team. Um, I think just finally, um, what would you like to say to the supporters that from now at the end of the season or the end of the cup run, is there anything you'd like to say in terms of um, what you what you want from them or um, just the thanks really for the support in the last 12 months? Yeah, just thank you for everything. Thank you for supporting me. Um, thank you for believing in us and continue to believe in us. Um, thanks for, like, keep pushing us. Keep expecting things from us. Keep pushing expectations. Keep asking the questions why. And don't don't stop. Keep coming um, and get anyone that you know to keep coming along too. Um, and hopefully we'll see you soon. That's not a bad way to finish, is it, Sam? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do what Brooke says. I expect a cup run. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. I have that expectation with me. <laughs> talk, right, guys, we need a win. Sam expects <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You'll be, you're in a team talk, Sam, and you're in a Newcastle team talk eventually. Um, this podcast will be available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And it will be available, I believe it's on Tuesday, is that right, Sam? Yeah, Tuesday. Nobby Solano came out today. And then um, Brooke will be out as, a, as an audio podcast uh, a week today. So there, there you go. So make sure you listen to that when that comes out. But, Brooke, just finally, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming along tonight. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Well, from me, Sam, and Newcastle United's women's captain, Brooke Cochran, we'll see you all very, very soon. See you later.